you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. The bunker is secure. Commander Traffic. What is left of it? A few hundred people. How am I to rebuild an empire from that? Further adjustments may be necessary. The neutron purge compromised the facility. Clarify. Sensors are damaged. Automated reactivation is not an option. You will remain in stasis until a new culture discovers this bunker. This may lead to a power shortage. Do not shut off more pods. I need the few that are left. Power needs will be triaged appropriately. You will be the voice of our people. I will be more than that. Hello, and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara-Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 47, and when we last left off, we had Garrus and Edie join our team, and Primarch Victus was like, hey, you guys need to go to Sirkesh and talk to the Solarians about getting the Krogans on board. But before we do that, before we go where Primarch Victus wants us to go, um, we got a message about uh, some Prothean relic found on, of all places, Eden Prime. Never heard that that which, place before. Yeah, if you recall, that's kind of where this all started. Uh, this was your first mission back in Mass Effect 1, where Saren takes out uh, Spectre Nihilus, and Shepard encounters the first Prothean Beacon. So apparently, in addition to that Prothean Beacon, there were some more Prothean artifacts left to be uncovered, uh, and one was. And so we want to go check that out and, and get that Prothean relic uh, before Cerberus does. So let's hear what happens when we go to Eden Prime uh, back again for the first time. Shepard, Liara, and another crewmate head to Eden Prime to recover a Prothean artifact before Cerberus claims it. Liara talks about Shepard's history with Eden Prime as they shuttle to the planet. Once at the dig site, they discover that the Prothean artifact is actually a living Prothean in stasis. Before they can open the stasis pod, Cerberus arrives. Shepard and team fight through the waves of troops. Shepard finds a Prothean log which shows a Prothean fighting some collectors. Shepard finds another log, and this one shows him a vision of the Prothean talking to a VI, Victory, about how 300,000 Protheans have been lost. Shepard and team return to the pod as they are now able to open it. The Prothean hits everyone with a biotic blast and stumbles out. Shepard rushes over to help, and upon touching the Prothean, it's a final vision of the Prothean getting into a stasis pod, as the location is hit by a nuclear bombardment. The VI tells the Prothean, Commander Javik, that he will be the last remaining Prothean and will be stuck until a future civilization finds him. Now awake, he is brought to the Normandy, where he explains his empathic powers. Now this, this mission is all DLC, correct? This is not like part of the standard game. Um, 
That or at least the base right. game, I should say. Yeah. This was included with some extra capacity, although at this point, I mean, it might as well be standard. But uh, you had to either purchase this or be given a code for this when you bought the game at the time. I correct? Yeah, I think it was the pre-order bonus, I want to say. Um, yeah, it was the first major content pack for three. The thing it launched with uh, March 6th. It was launch DLC. Yeah, it was definitely launch DLC. Uh, I just don't remember what the condition was to get it. I'm pretty sure it was like a pre-order bonus. So the Prothean Relic is a Prothean. Really? It's a dude named Javik. So how, Javik. Such a ray how, of how sunshine. Feel, I know uh, Jarrett, uh, you know, producer of, uh, you know, editor-in-chief of uh, Mash Those Buttons, He's, he said, uh, you know, in talking about this previously, he, he never liked the fact that such an, uh, a central character was relegated to DLC effectively. I mean, having well, the Prothean on your team feels kind of important, and yet here he is as DLC. How do we feel about that? Well, it wasn't intentional. It was more of a, what kind of happened was originally he was supposed to be part of the main part of the game, but he got cut due to development time constraints. They didn't think they were going to, they had to cut that because like, we're not going to get the game done in time. He kind of got leaked. He got, kind of got leaked by accident. So they put him back in his DLC. Okay. So yeah, I looked up. So um, he, the prerequisite, so it's the From Ashes DLC. It was included with all copies of the N7 Collectors or Digital Deluxe Edition. But so in the base game, it wasn't even a pre-order bonus. Man, this sucks. Yeah, no, this actually sucks. It was ten bucks, um, and not included unless you bought, you know, unless you paid up for like a higher price version of the game. That that sucks. Like it's that's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's just bad. This character, like the the additional context, like and background information, like you get from Javik from taking him along to various missions, like just his commentary adds so much to the game that like it's crazy to me that they made it dlc i this to me i I don't care what they said this i remain cynical about this 10 years later seems like ea basically you know trying to get bonus money from from fans yeah pissed off a lot of people yeah it should have increased the price of the game by ten dollars and make it the I mean, if you want to do it that way. I mean, you say that, but look at the current discourse around like $70 games. People. That's true. That's I, I don't. True. There's a whole generation of people who aren't old like me. And so don't remember going to Sears with 80 goddamn American dollars of, of money that you got from mowing lawns in 1995 or 96 to buy Chrono Trigger. Like games used to be more expensive and everybody's just like, it can't be over 60. It's criminal. Like, I mean, oh no, you ask a lot of people, they're like, oh, games have never been that expensive. It's like, no, no, but I remember paying more like, than that. Yeah, I I mean, there were games where I paid, you know, if not uh, three figures, pretty darn close, not just current. I mean, there were a ton of games in the 90s. It's like, yeah, it's 80 bucks. Take it or leave it. Anyway, uh, yeah, this it sucks. Right. This, this should have been in the base game. And it's good. It's good that like they've have legendary and now all the DLC is in and, and yeah. Well, also, apparently, like if you're the collector's edition of the game, it was also baked into the game as well. You just got it. You got it automatically. That's right. Yeah. Which I guess I is why I didn't really notice that it was there originally because I had the collector's edition. So just for me, Javik's always been a part of my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I bought the N7 edition. Like I was deep in by the third game. So like of course I bought the N7 edition. It was actually one of the last like physical games I think I've I bought. Maybe the last one. Um uh, and yeah, so I had it and it was great, but it just yeah, I I 
it would be weird for me to like talk to somebody who's played through this game with no Javik. Like, wait, what? He's kind of instrumental to the game and makes the like the parts of the game don't make sense without Javik there. So it's really strange. And I mean, yeah, I mean, well, even then, just thinking about like the Protheans have been like a character in this game effectively that as much as you know as much as we say like oh the citadel's a character the normandy's a character like the protheans are kind of right there too like they've been a major part of the plot and so if you're going to turn around and be like hey let's actually give you one like yeah that's a pretty big deal it's not you know it'd be something else if it was like oh hey um you know here's your first like uh, if if blasto if they're like here's some dlc blasto can join your crew you see that <laughs> that's like a fun gimmick that's the kind of thing where it's like oh yeah 10 bucks extra you put it in the collector's edition and it's a goofy thing like cool yeah but this is anybody who you know played through these games not anybody but a lot of people who played through them and were like even vaguely into the lore could be like wait you get a playable prothean yeah and you, yeah. you get it to feels necessary well, yeah, because like the Protheans until before here are just like a myth. The first ones we found are the the husk versions of the collectors. So it's like when that was revealed, it's like oh, Protheans are kind of still alive. They find out no, actually, there is at least one regular Prothean who's alive. And so the way he talks, the way he interacts with them, like you get a very, very different perspective on the Protheans they originally had. Oh. That's that's my favorite thing about him is like the arc of like his relationship with Liara that at first it seems like Liara is like completely fascinated with him and rightly so mm-hmm. because I mean this is literally like the culmination of her life's work of I mean this is what she's been studying for you know how old is she 200 200 years like this is you know and now you have the opportunity to actually talk to somebody in the flesh and she's fascinated by him and then as she learns more about how Prothean society actually worked she's not so enamored anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> yes also a weird aside uh Apparently, the their voice actor is also the voice of Knack, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like kind of weird. Also, Titan from Final Fantasy Fifteen. Like, okay, that's been kind of a j- change in the characters. Not very similar at all. But, anyways, back to Javik. Yeah, I like Javik. I mean, he's surly and and just very. I mean, his entire race has been destroyed, and he's fifty thousand years. You know, been in stasis for fifty thousand years. Like, I get why he's. The way that he is, but he is real tiresome to be around, especially right after you pick him up. Yeah. Well, I'm, it, yeah. It, like you said, I mean, he's, it makes sense that he's kind of grumpy, but at the same time, like, and especially too, you, you, I mean, think about it from his perspective, you're in the middle of like a fight, you, you get into that, you know, container, like at the end of the fight, they're barely making it in there. And then you come out 50,000 years later, find out, oh, like we lost, you know, which I, you know, you kind of figured might happen. And you're it, and now you've got a bunch of these other people. And what's funny is he looks down on all of them because he's like, "Oh, the Asari, like the the Krogan, and the the uh, this like he knew all those races back before they evolved, like anything near to their like humanoid forms." He keeps calling the Solarian frogs. He's like the the lizard people. They they actually got out of the swamps, right? He's like, "Oh, the Asari discovered writing finally." Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very dismissive of everybody else, but also. Kind of like um, it was the way their culture was. Like everybody, they they basically absorbed everybody into their empire. They basically conquered you. You made you a Prothean. Didn't really get much choice. 
he gets very confused. I mean, most of most things we do in this game is like, why don't you just force everybody do to fight? What's this negotiating? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does have some amusing insight after your various missions because, you know, Shepard handling things as Shepard is wont to do, um, it's not always the, oh, we just came in and shot everybody and dominated. Like, it's not. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you just beat them in combat and, and claim victory? But yeah, so let's, uh, well, what, I guess one other thing that I did like here with respect to Javik is as you're going along doing the mission to recover him, Shepard keeps coming across the little Prothean beacons or, or the little Prothean videos that he can watch. And I thought it was amusing. Like there's one of them where like he sees the video, but Liara sees nothing. Because Shepard has the all the the Prothean cipher from the first game that he's able to communicate with them, um, but you get the backstory of Javik, uh, you know, in the sense that you know he was you know they were fighting the collectors at the time, um, that you know he I did find it uh, I did like the part where he has the uh, VI that he's working with named Victory because once again you have a VI with VI oh, yeah. in the name, mm-hmm. jeez. Yeah, it's also fascinating when you mean because he does not know our, the language automatically. He doesn't have a translation software. He just apparently can, they can like feed your electrical signals and just like ah, kind of like the way the 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 Asari can just like meld with you. They could do it on a better way, and basically like oh, I don't know your language and how you do things, how you plan. That's kind of a terrifying ability. Well, it makes sense why they were so dominant. Yeah, they're hunters. They're 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 a predator species. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, he uses his like you know he's like a super empath, and he uses those skills. I mean, you put him in uh, the one part of the cargo hold where Grunt was, and he's like, "There was a Krogan in here with anger issues," and you're like, "How do you like? How do you know that? Like, Grunt yeah. hasn't been on the ship in like you know like what six months or so, like, like six mm-hmm. to eight months." Like, Cleaning crew did yeah. a bad job, I guess. I don't know, you know. No, and he, and I mean, as Javik does explore the Normandy, like, uh, there, there's a sequence later where I think he's down in, uh, under, in the, uh, little area under engineering. And he's like, yeah, there was somebody down here who had anger issues too. And you're like, oh, you, you picked up on Jack. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's true. That is funny. But yeah. So it's, it is, I mean, yeah, it, it's it, the problem, the problem with this game, really. I mean, and more so this one than even the first game is that, you can only have two people in your party at a time. And it's like, I want to have Javik. I want to have James. I got to have Garrus. Edie's kind of interesting. I mean, Liara is actually working out to be like the fifth wheel at this point. And like, Liara is still like, no, Liara should be in the party as well. Like there's no, there's mm-hmm. no weak link here. It's like, how do you decide who's in your party now? They made all the aliens very interesting. They always do. Yeah, and, just, and James and James. Don't yeah, forget and him. James. But like, did, did this actually like change your perspective of the Protheans once you met Javik when you're seeing like how he acts to everything? Before it seemed like they're kind of like benevolent people, like very smart, very intelligent, just things went bad. They didn't have like maybe any other races really to deal with. But it's like, oh no, he, they were conquerors. Like, oh, okay. Not what yeah, I expected. Yeah, no, it definitely, it subverts your expectations. Is it, I mean, it's a good character. Like it really does, especially because they're presented all through the series is like this sort of wise, you know, parent race. I mean, look, like the Hanard literally worship them. You can bring Javik along on the Citadel and bump into a Hanard and you have a very amusing scene with him. Uh, so like, then you meet Javik and, you know, he kind of sucks. And he talks about his society, which also sounds like, frankly, it kind of sucks. Like yeah, for most of its participants. 
the problem is that he's a small sample size. Yeah. That if you talk to a soldier, you're going to hear only about the militaristic aspects of your society. That's if true. If you talk to a scientist, if we had gotten, you know, if, if we had actually met one of the, the you know, the, the, the scientists that were holed up on Ilos, for example, if we had one of them to talk to, we'd get a different perspective. And so, yeah, yes, you're right. It's an interesting juxtaposition given what we've heard about the Prothean society before. And he is a firsthand witness. So like, his, you know, we can take his testimony at face value in that regard, but at best it's an incomplete picture because he's not going to talk about the parts of society he didn't care for. He's not going to talk about the stuff that he had no interest in. He's going to talk about like, Oh no, like we were a militaristic society and I was on the front lines fighting and, and punching all the other races in yeah. the face and you should be doing the same thing. And yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's an incomplete picture, but it's the only picture we're going to get. Cause it's not like, it's not like there's a whole bunch of other protheans we can go wake up. It is a good point. And maybe their society is more equitable than maybe, you know, like he presented it, uh, but it doesn't sound great. Yeah. Well, it also could come down to the fact that Javik was born in the middle of a Reaper invasion, not before the Reaper right. invasion. His when he when he uh, was born, his planets had already been already on fire. Reapers already attacking. There's indoctrination. So when he's raised in in, in everything else, all he knows is war. Yeah. And he also is the the avatar of vengeance. About. So that's also rough to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that's. Yeah, because I mean, if you th- yeah, you think if he actually got to participate in their society like just before the Reaper invasion at its height and zenith, um, yeah, he would even then have a different perspective than all I've known is war. And it's actually it's a little bit ominous in that regard. Like, mm-hmm. if Shepard doesn't wrap this up soon, like, is is this what we're all looking at? Like, you know, like this taking generations of of fighting the Reapers that you know the next round of Asari and and Turian and humans are all gonna how you know kind of have the same grim militaristic outlook that Javik does because that's literally all they know. Yeah. No no time for no time for like just art and leisure when things are trying to burn your planets. Yes. That's I mean not it's fair. But I really just like that's a, that's a theme that comes up later. Yeah, very much. But I I do enjoy his his design cuz like you get to actually get to get an idea of what a Prothean's physiology, physiology looks like. His head's a little bit much smaller than the, the collectors. I guess the collectors enlarged their head quite a bit. And they got like two pupils in each of their eyes. It has four it has four eyes, so it's kinda like look, when I look at them, they look very much like a like a fusion between like a Krogan, a Batarian, and a Solarian. Hmm. Cause their head cause looks kinda looks like the ridge of the of the of the Krogan. The eyes remind me of the Batarian, the Batarians, and then like the the mouth is kind of very, very reminds me of a Solarian. I can see that, yeah, yeah. Well, I like how, and I I guess I wonder if they came up with the design of the collectors and then worked backwards to the design of the Protheans, or if they had the Protheans and then decided how they would like morph into the collectors. Um, but I do like how it's like, oh no, like you can see the evolution between the two. You can see how the, you know, the the uh, the Reapers took the the Protheans and, and molded them into the collectors because that's one of the jarring things about Mass Effect 2. And that's why you don't see that twist coming that, oh yeah, the Protheans are the collectors because what we're led to believe the Protheans looked like before are those weird, like tentacly people sitting on Ilos. Like, you know, and, and 
you know, we're like, oh, that's the Protheans. And then you're like, they look nothing like the collectors. And now you're like, oh, well, the Protheans look nothing like what we thought the Protheans looked like. And even then they have a, like a little throwaway line. They're like, yeah, like Ilos was established on ruins of another civilization. So, you know, they're trying to, to work that back. Like, oh, apparently those aren't actually the Protheans. Those were the people who were there before the Protheans that didn't really get to do much. Yeah. Going back a moment. I do also like, um, not, you know, again, going back one second, just to the, uh, the backstory that, uh, Javik has, as far as he's fighting the collectors, he's getting pushed back and he finally has to get into the, the tube. I mean, it's, it's a nice way to kind of give you his backstory and also it, to, as far as leading up to like, okay, we're going to find out about this guy that we're about to release that, you know, it, it kind of fills you in like, okay, like it gives you an idea, like what you're, who you're unleashing. You're not just unleashing like some crazy Prothean or like some proto collector kind of guy who's going to, you know, you're going to let him out. No, no, he's a bad guy. Like, no, he's, he's somebody that at least he hates the Reapers. So, you know, you can work with him that way. Yeah. Yeah. But also that's gotta be a shitty time to wake up. Like I'll go to sleep, wake it back up. Shit. The Reapers again. Can I get a break from these guys? You missed the entire 50,000 years when they weren't around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine if he had, you know, woken up 45,000 years ago. He could have just sort of, ch- I probably would have been, I wonder if that would have been worse for him, though, because he wouldn't have had any anything to do. Like, nobody or, or, from his society is left, and, and he also, he he's lived his whole life fighting Reapers, so at least he's, like, back to the familiar, you know? Yeah, that's true. I was just like, let's say, like, let's say, like, hey, that gives him a chance to actually go there and uh, warp heal the Reapers, but they might not believe he's a Prothean. Yeah. Besides the fact that he's the only of his race, but, you know. Well, the problem, too, is that, you know, as he kind of says, like, you know, 50,000 years ago, like, none of the the council races now were space-worthy. Like, they, and it makes sense. Like, the Reapers come through, they wipe out everybody who's space-worthy and they know about, and they leave the planets that are still developing to develop. Right. Um, So, in that regard... Like, yeah, 45,000 years ago, like, you know, maybe the Asari have made a little bit of progress as far as getting towards, you know, colonizing the galaxy. I mean, he might, he could have like theoretically woken up and that's it. Like, I mean, and who knows what resources he has available. Maybe he's got a ship that he knows about, or maybe he's just like, I'm in these runes and I'm stuck here. Good luck finding food on Eden Prime. I don't even know, you know, like what he eats necessarily. Um, I mean, you know, so he could really be, be stuck there. But yeah, it, I mean, the problem really is that, you know, how come we didn't find him? You know, we we literally have a colony on Eden Prime. We found the first Prothean beacon. You know, we didn't, you know, it just took us a little longer to dig a little further to where he was, I it guess was, is the problem. Yeah, he was underground. Um, there is a there is a mission later in this game where you go to Thessia, and you should very much bring Javik for that, speaking of Protheans and Asari. Hmm. Yeah. Remember that. Also, it's very jarring when he doesn't really refer to people like he just refers to most people as their species, not by name. Yeah, the Krogan, the Asari. Again, he's very. He looks down on everybody. Uh, yeah, he's super high and mighty, which I think that alone yeah. is like really an indictment of the Protheans. Is they they definitely seem like inveterate space racists. So he would have gotten along with Ashley. Man, I I know we we gave her a pass, but I was replaying early Mass Effect One, and there is a part where like you walk out onto the Citadel early on in the game, and she's like, "I can't tell the animals from the aliens," and it's like, "Whoa, Ooh, I th- wow!" I, th- I, th- I think we talked about that actually. We might yeah, have. I don't remember if we did, but yeah, it's like, shit, that's a line. That's a Javik line right there. Do, do you know what's really bad? 
I just picked up an Xbox, and now since I have access to the EA to AI access, I'm just, I might just download Mass Effect and replay it on my Xbox. Yeah, I mean, it's on. Yeah, if you if you have Game Pass or whatever, like, why not? I like this game too much. Same. It's, it's a problem. But, so speaking about Mass Effect One, how do we feel about revisiting Eden Prime? It's much less like sort of orange and crummy looking. It's better, like I guess in Legendary, it's not as much of a jump, but definitely uh, has a very different vibe to it when you visit three and like sort of the original version of one, where it was pretty shabby looking, just like art wise. So yeah, I actually had a funny part on this one. Like this mission took me a lot longer than it really should have to complete because I kept getting turned around. They couldn't find the mm-hmm. last terminal. It got very frustrating because I'm like, there's no one to fight, nothing to do, nothing's going on. I'm like, where is this freaking terminal? Because maybe it's the fact we, we, were fi- we were fighting on this planet, right? I think we're fighting Cerberus on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I've killed everybody. It could not find the last thing. I just took a wrong turn. It- oh, yeah. It's easy to get turned around. There's like a part where you're uh, in a bunch of different, um, like, little constructed buildings or whatever and they all kind of look the same inside and outside mm-hmm. and there's some like small gaps you got to go through to find whatever I, I i feel that for sure yeah i didn't have any, any indicator checking map I'm like where haven't i been like, come on mm-hmm. i what i do like about this map is that it does have several different ways you can kind of like approach everything there's like you can climb up on top of uh some of the the contain like the the trailers or you can you know there's a few different trailers you can go through and there's one where they come out underneath everything and then you can come up some stairs into the area. And so, I mean, it does, you know, it does, it does make it take a limited space and you kind of have to, especially as you're going through looking for each of the three terminals, like you, you know, you're running over it. It does give you a different view of it each time. Yeah. The only th- um, so the only thing I think it needs, maybe I missed it. It needs, it needs to have a little, uh, little tombstone for our good buddy from the last game. They, they reference him. They do reference him. Uh, if if uh, you have Edie with you on the shuttle when you're going in, uh, she does mention, she's like, Shepard, didn't you, like, records show you lost somebody on this mission. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Shepard's like, she's like, yeah, Jenkins, like, he was a good soldier. And so, uh, you know, so they, they, they do at least name check him and, and, and give him a moment in the in the shout out. I do like that. I just kind of wish there was like a, like, like some memorial or something for his, because. I guess he died. He like he was there to help out with the plants. Like it feels like he should have some kind of recognition. He could. I mean, it's not like you're in the exact spot where you landed the first time. So I mean, maybe he has like a little memorial somewhere else. He is mentioned on the memorial on the Normandy. Yeah, so he's I mean, on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he, did, he does get honored there. Um, I don't know. Just it just for some reason, like I, I maybe I'm just being negative. Just nothing of this really shouted Eden Prime. Well, I think that's the. Again, that's the problem is like, you know, as far as sample size goes, like we know the like we didn't go through all of Eden Prime the first time we were here. Sure. We just covered the part to the tram. They take the tram over to the the little like the little bay where the the Prothean Relic was. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing like here. We're just in the immediate area in the vicinity of the the, the runes that um you know, we're we're just looking to to get recover the artifact that turns out to be Javik. We're not really, you know, checking out the rest of the colony. And that if anything, that's a bit of a problem because you see, like, oh, Cerberus has like completely taken this place over. That they have have come in and just you know the military is running the show here, 
And they're, they, you know, if you read some of the data pads, uh, they talk about Cerberus like abducting uh, the people and telling them like, oh, we're taking you to some Cerberus mining colony to do some stuff. And then they're like, yeah, and then you never see those people again. And, and you can even see as you're going through, I think uh, on, uh, on Twitter, um, a few on Twitter at the time we were close to playing this or, or something, I'd made a, a comment. Uh, I made a comment regarding the football playoffs and I said like, Oh, cause in pre-show, I think that's what it was. It was one of the football playoffs that was on before we recorded. And we were talking about that. And I said on Twitter, like, Oh yeah, we're going to be a, a football podcast now. Mm-hmm. And then somebody responded to that and they said, yeah, I think they, they like, you see the, like there's a reference to sports ball in the, uh, in, in the game. And yeah, like there's a part here where you see like a bunch of guys sitting around. I think they have like a, a sports game on, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the like you know the, the, they were all shot by Cerberus while they were sitting around watching it, but uh, yeah, like this is where that reference is. But one thing, also looking through this, it's interesting because going looking at all of Javik's memories, what happens because it looks like he like this. Those are the last scenes of him on the planet before we we called it Eden Prime, and there was a massive city, massive structures. And he got buried, oh, yeah. and then we come and get him, and it's just like a hole in the ground it's the fifty thousand years of not kind of these structures they like, you couldn't even tell they were there anymore i mean that's kind of in line like if you i feel like there should have been more archaeological remnants but it, you would be surprised at how fast like concrete and rebars and stuff like that is going to return to the earth with no mm-hmm. uh well, nothing to keep it going you you think that but then like i think about uh where we found the Thorian, the Skyway, that city that we have of the, of the old uh, Prothean ruins in Mass Effect 1. That stuff was basically a bunch of concrete, and it lasted 50,000 years. Well, well, again, I think you compare that, though, against like the vastness of the Prothean Empire, and we just have a few little choice outposts where Prothean relics mm-hmm. and Prothean civilization has been found. I mean, they clearly had colonized way more of the universe than we're seeing, and this is the, the little you know, the little handful of spots that survive. Yeah. I was so, curious. Yeah, you're right. Like the, 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 I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you think about like, you know, like fossil preservation. I mean, as far as the number of fossils, we have That's like true. dinosaurs. Yeah. It's like, there are way more dinosaurs than we have any evidence of. And you know, I'm not talking species. I'm just talking like, you know, individual members of, you know, in, individuals. I mean, the, the percentage of them that become fossils that then make it through. I mean, yeah, there are probably entire species of dinosaur that we'll never know about because there's no, for whatever reason, none of the members of their race, you know, their species became fossilized. I think it's the same thing with the Protheans that, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ferris, uh, you know, like Pharos, that happened to be a place where that city was very well preserved and possibly yeah. Maybe even probably because the Thorian was there and had an interest in keeping up some kind of infrastructure around him. Whereas, you know, other places like Eden Prime where there's no, you know, it's just left to the elements and there's nothing there to keep it in check. Um, you know, it just it was just eventually overtaken. I I mean, you got to think, too, like the Reapers came and did whatever they were going to do. Yeah, that's true, too. You actually have somebody actively also trying to wipe out all evidence of your civilization. Yeah. So, and again, I think that's a case where the Thorian might very, the fact that the Thorian has been around long, you know, for multiple, you know, Reaper waves. I think that's a case where the, the, the Reapers were keeping their distance from that, right. whether they knew it or not. 
that that the Thorian was like, no, you're not coming here, and the Reapers were fine not to. But but yeah, but the so the whole there's a whole plot here between Cerberus and the colonists because like I was saying, like Cerberus comes in, they're abducting the colonists, they they swept in, they killed a bunch of them like without anybody even realizing, like it was a quick come through. They took out whatever Alliance soldiers were there guarding the colony, and then they've been abducting the colonists. And as you go through though, you find out like you know because again you, you're finding all these little data pads you learn like oh like they're weak like cerberus was actually like manip- like you know manipulating their squads to make it look like there were more soldiers there mm-hmm. than there actually were and you know they were doing like it was a lot was they were putting on a show here and they were like oh no they're actually vulnerable and so as you go through the colony you're able to then like help them and be like hey like you guys can fight back like you can leave them the ability to you know, reclaim, reclaim Eden prime, take it back from Cerberus. And ultimately if you do that, they become a war asset. Yeah. Got to get them war assets. Yeah, exactly. Especially at this point, because that line, it, it, it's not that high. Like, I mean, you got the little bar there and the, and the minimum point, it's not that far along the line, but yeah, you've got like the, the, you have the Normandy and then maybe, maybe Eden prime. If, if you do that and it's like, yeah, you're, you're nowhere near where you need to be. To to you know, it feel it feels like it's a long way to get there. It is. It, you yeah. It it fills over time. Uh, yeah, now it slows the first time you did it. Now it's a little easier. Yeah, they rebalanced it. Uh, I'm actually looking to see because I'm curious. I feel like I'm pretty close to the theoretical maximum in my playthrough, but I'm oh, I'm good. looking to see if I'm hoping somebody else has done the work to calculate this. You don't incidentally need to get like all that close to it i think to get all the endings available but yeah you know it, it, for me it took it felt like it was going along very slowly very slowly and then i did like one mission and all of a sudden i had like a whole ton of war resources yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm like okay like actually now i've met the minimum and now it's just like okay like how much more do you want to do to comp- keep going it's, here? Which obviously you, I'm, the game I'm kind of like breaks itself into these like sort of I, my Final Fantasy brain is just going to call them sort of like main story missions or main story quests. And those give you like huge, huge benefits. And then the side stuff, there's a lot of it. So it adds up over time. But um, it feels very incidental until you get rolling and you get through like a bunch of the, the main story based effectively. Any other thoughts on Eden Prime? No. Nope. It was good. Forgot. Yeah. I like Javik. I enjoy playing it. I wouldn't uh, say I like Javik, but. I like Javik. I like I like Javik. He he is interesting to me. He's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It uh, as I said, because I mean, the fun thing too is that he will when you go to visit him, he's got like a little com, I guess, com link open to various members of the crew, and so every time you go in there to talk to him, he's always talking to somebody different. Always and insulting. I think the first different. few times he is talking to Liara. He may, may talk to Liara a few times, um, but then like like later on, you do get him talking to other members of the crew and. He's always got an opinion on, you know, did you pick up this person? Okay, this person seems like they're a good member or they're not a good member. Like, you know, you maybe you shouldn't pick them up. Uh, you know, he's so, I don't mean, to be fair, it's like you are asking his opinion. It's not like he's just throwing it out there, but he's he's very, very singularly focused on, he's, he's like a, a refined Krogan, I guess, in a way. Like the, kind of the Krogan look at everybody as far as like, well, how, you know, is this person worthy in a fight? Is this person good at combat? Like that's who I value on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of the same way there. Very, you know, and again, they're both very militaristic, you know, societies. Um, you know, like we pointed out that, uh, you know, Javik was raised in wartime. Um, you know, the Krogan, you know, have kind of put themselves through the crucible of war for the last, you know, 
several years anyway. So they, you know, it, it makes sense that they're similar in that regard. Um, and in that, in, in that sense, it is funny that he winds up in the same spot as grunt that it's, you know, that he's sort of, cause you don't get a Krogan in this game. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. So I guess it's either like him or James or really who you would say is like, you know, who's kind of the big, the big tank character that you have. That's kind of going to take that role. I always that's thought fair. of James as my honorary Krogan. Yeah. But, uh, uh, one thing I just thought about, which I think was interesting is whenever they are, is talking to, talking to, to my brain for some reason, whenever he's talking to Javik, he gets very, very annoyed. It seems kind of like more of a, just a person meeting their idol kind of thing. Cause she tries to tell him oh. all, all her, all the things she's written about, all her theories. And he's like, can you stop talking? And she's like, what? Yeah. Liara totally fangirls over him. Mm-hmm. I mean, completely, and it, it's hilarious. And I, I know we've—I I made a—you know—we've we, said before that, like, you know, it feels like, like a bit like Liara has several romance options. Like, you know, uh, was it Farron and uh, you know, and, and, and you know, Shepard? And I was kind of feeling like, oh, you know what, like, you know, maybe Javik is a romance option for her. And then, like, no, no. After that, <laughs> she fangirls over him, and then no, actually. Subsequently, yeah, they're they're not at all compatible. <laughs> Which I mean, it makes sense, and and she too. I mean, you know, she reacts accordingly, where she's like, "Wow," she's like, "You know, I, I studied the Prothean, and I thought I knew what they were like, and I had no idea." And you know, I mean, it, you know, she takes it well. It's not like it destroys her or anything, but it's just it's eye opening to you know be presented with that you know what was only theoretical before. So you know, be careful what you wish for in a way, because you know, in this case, she got it. Yeah. I, and Jovic has a good character. Like we'll talk about him, you know, at the end. But uh, he has a good character. Arc. He's uh, he's a good character who I just I don't like very much. Well, I don't think you're supposed. I don't. To. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess I'm weird. Like, I uh, love Jovic, but you know, I was gonna say if you if you like him, it's you're, you're supposed to like him for his flaws. Like he's a flawed character. Yeah, yeah. that's why I like him. I like that he's he's dynamic. He's not just a. Uh, it'd be a little boring if he actually was made like the. Probably where really sound like the lore, like kind of like like perfect or really intelligent, and everything else. It's like, oh no, you're also warlike like like the rest of us. Yeah. Yep. Well, you can mention the fact that his ability when he uses is green, his barrier is green. To know, I said I, I haven't noticed that yet. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's, yeah. His like biotic stuff is all green. I don't know why. It looks cool. It's a good point, actually. Everybody else's biotic stuff is like bluey purple, and yeah, his is like weird green. That's interesting. They never should have locked him behind the ten dollar pay in thing. Ugh. No, he really shouldn't. Have. That's that. That's really gross. But he's not fundamental to the story. Like, if you don't have him, if you never go to Eden Prime, like the story progresses just fine without him. Yeah. Oh, I guess one thing we yeah. can also talk about is um, you can talk about you can talk about Ilos with him about the the project where they found they found the way to get to the Crucible, the Crucible, the Citadel, yeah. Two Dells. Yes. But mm-hmm. he's like, they talked to me, like they, they had heard whispers about the project, but they didn't know actually if it actually went through. He didn't, they didn't know if, they, if they'd succeed or not. And that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, where he is, I mean, at that point, communication so fractured across the galaxy that, you know, they're just kind of holed up there. They, they have no idea. They have to assume, I think, that they're not the last remaining. There has to be someone else out there surviving. Because that's the other part of it, too, is like, if you're going to, like, freeze yourself in stasis, you need somebody to come along and unfreeze you. Yeah, well, ri- originally the stasis was supposed to actually 
have an automation system, but Reaper Attack drained the, broke that. So now it's like, well, hope I don't die. Mm-hmm. That's what happened everywhere else. Yeah, everywhere else, everybody died. Very sad. All right. Well, do we have anything else to say about Javik, or have we kind of mm. Javiked out through here? Yeah, I think we, like uh, nope, I don't have anything else yet. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this episode up then here. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also, YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at WD. It's where double Y-E-W-D-E-E. And here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where uh, every two weeks we talk about Final Fantasy fourteen. Kura, where can folks find you? They can follow me on Twitter at Kurabars, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. You can also find me occasionally talking about Apex Legends on our Apex show, Dropping Spicy. You can follow us there at Dropping Spicy. Nick, what you got for us? And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know what you think about returning to Eden Prime and getting Javik as a squad member and whether he was worth $10 back in the day at squadgoals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where you can support this show by joining the Squad Goals membership at $1.25 per episode or for $5 a month, or you can provide general support for $2 a month. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link where you can get codes for Steam, Epic Games Store, Uplay, and more. Or check out our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mesh Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. Javik's my favorite pro theme. He's the only Prothean! Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 